Well, grace and peace to you from the God who is, who was, and is still yet to come. Amen. Happy New Year. I feel we can say that because in just about two and a half days from today, we will be ringing in 2020. Now, I don't know about you, but 2019 is a blur. How did we get to the end of 2019 so fast? It seems like years get faster and faster the older I get. And all of a sudden, now we're facing 2020. Well, I would guess that many of you have probably already started to write down some resolutions and make some plans for 2020. Or at least you've at least thought about it in your head a little bit. Setting goals and making plans is something we do every year right around this time. And for the first few days of 2020, we'll even manage to pull it off. We'll be able to do it by sheer tenacity of spirit, sheer will, and determination. We're going to diet, right? We're going to eat healthier. We're going to go and actually use that gym membership that we have. We're going to dust off that treadmill and take the hanging clothes that are on it off. And you're going to plug it in and hope that it still works. We're going to try to be better people, aren't we? We always want to be better than we were in 2019. So we want to be better parents, better grandparents. We want to improve our church attendance. We'll start coming to church every single Sunday. And we'll even say, I'm going to read the one-year Bible all the way through the whole year instead of stopping about February 21st. Well, today we're going to look at what do you do when things don't go as you planned? And what do you do when God comes alongside you and changes those plans? It's actually what the Christmas story was all about. The Christmas story is about everybody's plans getting changed. Nobody's life turned out the way they originally thought it was going to happen. And that's the same for you and I as well. Now for Mary and Joseph, their plans were certainly changed. They were just this couple that was engaged. They were going to get married. All they wanted to do was settle down, maybe have some kids, have a nice home, some peace and quiet. But in the middle of their marriage preparation, what happened? An angel appears to Mary, and she says, Mary, by the way, God has a new plan for you. Don't get upset. It's a really great plan. See, you're going to give birth to a child. It won't be Joseph's baby, but it's going to be God's son. Yes, God changed Mary and Joseph's plans entirely. And the religious leaders of the day had their plans changed as well, didn't they? They'd been praying for a Messiah for years and years and years. They were praying for a political Messiah, a political Savior that was going to come in and crush Rome. They weren't looking for a spiritual Savior. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and he's not the Messiah they wanted. Their plans got changed as well. The innkeeper wasn't expecting to have the Savior of the world born in his stable. And think about the shepherds. The shepherds just wanted another silent night under the starry skies in that peaceful pasture. And what happened? The heavenly host showed up. Their plans were changed. The world was forever changed by the birth of Jesus the Christ. And our lives have been changed as well. We've all got these great plans for 2020. But God's going to change some of them. Why? Because he's got bigger and better plans in store for you. He's got dreams that maybe you have not even yet considered. 
Proverbs chapter, 20, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 says this, You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Well, what do you do when God changes your plans? Or says the resolutions that you've set aren't the ones he wants for you. Or the goals you've set aren't the goals he wants for you. Well, we need to realize three things. There's three truths we learn from the Christmas story. Number one, when God changes your plan, he's trying to get your attention. When God changes your plans, he's trying to get your attention. God's plan for Mary and Joseph was so incredible, so awesome, so unbelievable, so ridiculously out of the ordinary that God had to do something extraordinary to make sure they understood that this was really going to come to happen. So what did God do? He sent an angel. For us, he doesn't have to send an angel. You see, we just need to listen and open our hearts to the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will talk to us. But that's not so easy because many of us are not good listeners, are we? Especially when it comes to listening to God. And instead of listening to God, we're talking all the time. Or if we're not talking, we're listening to music. We're maybe watching a video or we're watching TV. We're checking our texts. We're emailing and we're out on social media. We're so busy, God can't get through. Oftentimes people say to me, I wish I could hear God's voice. And I often ask, do you listen for God's voice? You see, sometimes the lines are so jammed up with other things, the Holy Spirit can't get through to us. One of my pet peeves is call waiting. Those of you who know me know that if you put me on call waiting, chances are I'm going to probably hang up. And I think it's true for so many of us. Somebody else is more important than me. But I understand sometimes it's your kids calling or your husband calling, so they need to call. But, pet, but that is one of my pet peeves is call waiting. Well, does God ever get call waiting from any of you? We're like, hold on, God, just a second. I've got to finish this other call. Or instead of call waiting, does he just get a busy signal? Or what about this? When my cell phone rings and it's a number I don't know, what do you do? You hit decline or reject, right? Do we ever do that to God? The Bible says in Psalm 81, I wish my people would listen to me. Well, why does God want you and me to listen to him? Plain and simple, he wants a relationship with you and me. He wants to save us from all the problems in this world, to guide us, to give us wisdom, to give us that future and a hope. God has a perspective you and I don't have. Have you ever made a decision that you thought was the right decision, and then a few months down the line you realize it was not a good decision? I think many of us have done that. Well, why is that? Because we weren't listening to God. Maybe we didn't even consult him about our decision or our plans. Here's what most of us do, and I put myself right in that category. Lord, here's my plans. Bless them. That's not what he wants us to do. He wants us to consult him about our plans. Lord, here's the plans I have for this next year. Here's the plans I have for my family for the next year. Ask God's input. We want his input. We have a very limited perspective. See, we can't see the big picture that God can see. God can see everything that's going to happen in your life and mine in 2020 right now. 
He's not limited by space and time. He is eternal. God's ways aren't our ways. God's thoughts aren't our thoughts. And God's plans aren't necessarily our plans. We may see it from a limited vantage point, but God sees the whole story beginning to end, not just in the page of history that you and I happen to reside in right now. He knows it all. Our struggle to see what God sees shouldn't cause you and I to doubt. It should cause us to trust him. Now, when you were a child, your parents had a perspective you didn't have. So when you went up to the stove and you saw that br pretty blue and yellow flame coming out of the burner, what did you want to do? You wanted to touch it. And what did your parents say? No, don't touch that. You're going to get hurt. No, don't touch. Why did they do that? Did they want to spoil your fun? No. They wanted to protect you because they loved you. They loved you so much they didn't want you to get hurt. Well, everything God does in your life and mine is for our own good, and he does it out of deep love for us. He does it to protect us. As a loving parent, our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to get hurt. He doesn't want you to have a broken heart. That's not his goal. He doesn't want you to have a broken body. He doesn't want you to have a broken marriage or broken relationships with friends and family. He doesn't want you to have broken dreams. So he wants to give you the perspective if you'll just listen. So when God changes your plans, sometimes he's trying to get your attention. And secondly, when God changes your plans, it also means God has a better plan. When God changes your plan, oftentimes he has a better plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says these words that we all know. I know what I am planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you, and I will give you a hope and a good future. As we go into 2020, none of us really know what the year is going to hold. But God says, I have amazing plans for you. I have good plans for you, plans to give you that future and a hope. But God is also a gentleman, so God doesn't force his plans on us. He gives us a choice called free will. But what we do know about God's plans and these, that they're much bigger for us, we know that they're more rewarding, but they're also going to be a more difficult plan. Well, God's plan for your life is always bigger than you could imagine. Mary and Joseph's plan was pretty simple. Get married, have a family, settle down. But God said, no, I'm going to use you as a couple to bless this entire world. God's plan for their life was incredibly big and bigger than they could have ever imagined. And God's plan for your life and mine is bigger than we could ever hope or imagine. If we go with our plans, instead of being open to God's plans for our lives, we're going to limit our lives. God's plans are also more rewarding. You see, God's plans are the key to significance. They bring joy to our hearts and satisfaction into our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. God's plans are far more rewarding than our own plans. But God's plans can also be harder and more difficult as well. When you think about God's plan to use Mary to bless the entire world, it wasn't an easy plan. 
Can you imagine the ridicule, the scorn, the gossip that Mary must have endured for those nine months? Here she is, an unmarried 13 or 14-year-old girl, not a woman, a girl. She says, I'm engaged to Joseph, and I'm a virgin, and I'm pregnant with God's son. Now, if she was one of your friends, would you have believed her? I don't think I would have. I would have really questioned her. So can you imagine how her heart must have been hurting and aching because everybody rejected her and probably gossiped about her? Sometimes we think that when we're walking in the will of God, that following God's plans will lead to a nice rosy trip, that life won't be hard, that there won't be difficulty, that there won't be any trials. That's simply not true. Certainly wasn't the case for Mary. She had to travel on a donkey for what, nine, for, she's nine months pregnant, traveling on a donkey to Bethlehem. She gets there, and as soon as she gets there, she has to give birth to a child. Not her plan. Then the baby's born in a manger because there's no room in the inn. Now you must just see the frustration that this couple must be going through. Can you even imagine? She's exhausted. Her water breaks. Now she has to give birth, her first child. She doesn't have her mother there. She doesn't have sisters there. Nobody to help, but she's got Joseph. Oh, poor Joseph. you got to feel sorry for Joseph, too. Here his wife-to-be is going to give birth. He probably ended up being the midwife. We don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us if he went and got other women to help give birth to this baby. But I'm sure he had a lot to do with it, and he was pretty stressed. I would bet that Mary and Joseph would have much preferred being home where the mother could have helped deliver this child for her. But God had another plan, and they trusted God's plan implicitly. God provided for them. So the plan was difficult, but it was a plan of promise because it was God's plan. Mary didn't understand all of this. And we read in Scripture that she pondered all these things in her heart. But I'm sure over those nine months, she was questioning God's plan. I'm sure she asked a million times, why, God? Maybe some of you right now are going some, through something in your life where you are asking that question as well. Why, God? And thirdly, when God changes your plans, he's teaching us to trust him. When God changes our plans, oftentimes he's teaching us to trust him. Imagine how the birth of Jesus tested Joseph's faith. And imagine the harassment he took from his buddies. The snickering, the comments like, your fiancé is pregnant with God's baby? Right, Joseph? Wake up, smell the coffee, right? God's plan for their life was so different and so radical. All they could do was trust. There was nothing else left for Mary and Joseph to do but to trust God. Sometimes you don't know God is all you need until God is all you've got. Let me say that again. Sometimes you don't know God is all you need until God is all you've got. And in that moment, we have to learn to trust God. I suspect all of us have been there at different moments in our lives when we've gone through tough things, illnesses, unemployment, pain, maybe it's a death of a loved one, and we often struggle to fully and completely trust God. In our reading from Jeremiah this morning, we heard these words, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your 
heart. That's the first thing you and I need to do is seek God. We have to seek him above all else. He has to be the A number one priority, not at the bottom of the list. Because the Bible says this, it says only through faith can we seek God. And seeking God pleases him. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.6, without faith it is impossible to please God. You and I need to trust God. Trust that he knows what he's doing. He's wise. He loves you. He's caring. And he's going to see you through whatever you might be going through right now or whatever you're going to face in 2020. Remember this. When you can't see God's hand, trust his heart. When you can't see God's hand, trust his heart. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, we know that God causes everything to work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Did you hear those words? We know. We're not guessing at it. We are totally certain. We're confident. We can trust God in all things and in all situations. God causes everything to work together for the good. Now, it doesn't say God causes everything. It says God uses everything for good. Not everything that happens in our lives are good. But God can take those things and turn them around for good. Look at Moses. Moses chose a path that got him criticized by his community. All they wanted to do was go back to Egypt. Take us back to Egypt. Then there's Daniel. He chose a path that led to the lion's den. And Stephen followed a path that led to his martyrdom. And Paul led a path that led to imprisonment and his, ex and his execution. And Jesus the Christ chose a path that led to a cross for you and for me. All of these people chose a path that was God's plan for them. But those paths were not easy paths. God doesn't promise you and I an easy trip all the time, but he does promise us that he will be with us always. A wise woman once told me when I was going through a difficult health situation a few years back, she said, Carol, remember this, the grass only grows in the valley, not on the mountaintops. Not the advice I wanted to hear, but the advice I needed. What she was saying is, as we're walking through tough things, as we're walking through the valley, that's where our faith grows, when we walk in the bad, through those tough times. That's where our relationship with Jesus grows, when we walk through the valleys. And that's where we learn to trust God fully and completely with our situations. Isaiah 43, 2 says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, I will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So the question for us today is this. Are you going to trust God or are you going to trust yourself as you walk into 2020? Am I going to trust God with my life and my plans and ultimately my story? Or am I going to go my own way, trust all my own plans without consulting God? I've been reading a really good book by Pastor Craig Rochelle called Divine Direction, Seven Decisions That Will Change Your Life. 
And in it, Groeschel talks about trust along with other topics. And here's what he says. Will we trust that God is good even when life is not? Our response to pain and challenges determines so much about our future. If we decide to trust, we will grow in faith, deepen in our intimacy with God, and be conformed to the image of Christ. But if we allow our hearts to drift, we'll wake up one day drowning in doubts, buried in burdens, and feeling far from the only one who can help us heal. God had a great plan for the songwriter Fanny Crosby when a doctor accidentally gave her a medication that caused total and permanent blindness. God took that tragic situation and turned it around. Rather than being bitter, Fanny used her condition to write some of the most beautiful hymns of all times. You know some of these hymns. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And what about to God be the glory, one of the great hymns of the church. God's plan was for her to bless this world with beautiful music. And by her own admission in her biography, it talked about how her blindness gave her that deep spiritual insight for the songs that she wrote. God didn't take her sight away, but God used the situation for her to reach many people and to bring glory to God. And that's what God wants to do with each one of us. He wants to work through us with our gifts, our talents, and our strengths to bring glory to him and to share him with this world. The truth is, we don't know what 2020 holds, but what we do know are some things. We do know that God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. We know that. We do know that God is going to change or suggest some changes to our plans next year. We know that. We do know that God will always be with us no matter what we're walking through, the good times and the tough times. And we do know that by cooperating with God and his plans for our lives is the only way to really live and live life to the fullest. You see, the other way of living, that other way of just following our own plans without consulting God, always leads to a dead end. The Bible in Psalm 138 says this, the Lord will work out his plans for my life, for his faithful love endures forever. God tells us that he has amazing plans for each one of us. We can trust him because he loves us so much. Mary and Joseph trusted God, and because they trusted God and his plan, the gift of Jesus the Christ was given to us. Before each one of us walks into that new year on Wednesday morning at 12.01, there's some questions we should probably ponder as we're putting our plans together. And the big one is this, have you ever really accepted God's greatest gift of all time? God sent you a savior, but have you truly received that gift? Many of you say, of course, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and savior. I want you to really ponder it here in your heart. What does that mean? What does it mean to call Jesus your Savior, to call him your Lord? That's a deep question for us to ponder. You and I need to open up our lives and open up our hearts to accept this amazing gift, Jesus, our Emmanuel. In just 2.5 days, yes, we're going to walk into 2020. And as we walk into this new year, remember that when God changes your plans, 
He's trying to get your attention. He may also have a better plan for your life, better than you could ever hope, dream, or imagine. And he wants you to trust him, to trust him with your life. You matter to Jesus. You matter to Jesus. He loves you and he has a plan for your life that's a better, more fulfilling plan than you can imagine. And it is an eternal plan. It is an eternal plan. He came into this world for you. And you will find him if you seek after him and you open your hearts and you trust his amazing plans. We need to trust his divine direction in our lives. And he'll be with you as you walk in to that new year. And know this, that God has plans for you, not plans to hurt you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. Let's pray. Oh, gracious God, as we think about walking into 2020, I pray that each one of us today would spend time thinking about you, how much you love us, who you are to us as our Lord and Savior. And Lord, we pray that as we put plans together, that we would consult you, that you would help us craft those plans, those resolutions, those goals you have for our lives, for our families' lives, for your business lives that people have. Lord, be with us as we write those goals. Help us to focus solely on you and ask for your input this year. Lord Jesus, help us to be like Mary and Joseph. Help us to trust you with so much assurance that we know that you will be with us no matter what. And that if we follow your plans for our lives, yes, there might be some difficulties and trials, but you go with us. And that those plans are eternal and those are plans of promise. So Lord, I pray for a blessing over everyone who is here today. A double blessing because they came out in this terrible weather. Lord, and I pray that you would be with each one of them as they walk into 2020. In your name we pray this. Amen.